when we're applying a, a method, we're using a, a structure, the form of the retreat or a particular meditation practice. And it's important to to recollect, to reflect what it's all for. People cook food in order to be nourished. We put up buildings in order to, to live in them, to use them. That's what the structures are for. That's what the processes are for. So with meditation, we apply ourselves to sitting meditation, walking meditation, different techniques or approaches, different methods. Therefore, it's important to, to remember that what it's for is for freeing the heart from dukkha. As the Buddha often said, I teach one thing, dukkha and the ending of dukkha. That's what it's all for. So as we apply any particular method or approach, it's good to bear that in mind. In the development of vipassana, insight, then customarily we use the reflections on anicca, dukkha, anatta. This is the method. We can look at qualities like emptiness, sunyata, or suchness, tatata, different, uh, different tools that can be used. But in the application, the using of any tool, it's easy to get absorbed in the, the doingness, the application, the method, and forget what it's all for. We can get busy with naming the flow of experience as anicca, anicca, anicca. Being quite diligent, sincere, putting effort in carrying out the method, but not noticing, not appreciating what the result is. So in cultivating the method or the approach of vipassana, we use these reflections on uncertainty, impermanence, anicca, unsatisfactoriness, Incompleteness, dukkha, and not self. That all things, all patterns of experience, they're not a self, they don't belong to a self. All things are not self. As we apply these reflections to, say, the, the sounds that we hear, the feelings in the body, the flow of thoughts and memories, ideas, 
And when those are applied, they're reflecting on a sound. Oh, I start talking at 8.30 and, and I stop at around 8.45 or 8.50. So along with noticing, oh, the, the talking began and now it stopped. Notice what's the effect of recognizing that quality of change. Sensations in the body. Noticing that you are uncomfortable and then that feeling of discomfort changes. So the mind can name that or label that as anicca, it's changed. But then what's the effect of seeing that? What's the effect of letting go of the the content to look at the process of experiencing. When the mind is attached to some kind of painful quality, an uncomfortable memory, a pain in the body, struggling with that, resisting it, frustrated with it, and the mind reflects, this is dukkha. Or when there's a pleasant experience, the mind remembers some kind of beautiful incident, some very satisfying moment from our past. Yes! And to reflect, this is dukkha. Yeah, this is unsatisfactory in and of its own nature. So when we use that kind of naming, clarifying what's being experienced, anicca, dukkha, anatta, when that recognition is brought into being, when that's actualized, what happens in the citta? When that quality of anicca, Dukkha, anatta. When there's a thought, an emotion, feeling sad or feeling excited, feeling anxious, and the mind recognizes, oh, this is a, a feeling of anxiety. It's not me or mine. It's just a, just a mood, just a mental impression. It's anatta. At that moment, there's a change of heart. Notice that. When dukkha, anicca, anatta, when they're really seen, that's the point of applying the method. It's not just diligently labeling everything as impermanent, unsatisfactory, not self. But the point of it, like the point of cooking food, is to be nourished. The point of putting up a building is to make use of the space. The point of reflecting on anicca, dukkha, anatta is that freeing of the heart. In that moment, when there's a recognition, oh, this isn't my emotion. How could it have an owner? How can anything really be owned? And what would there be to do any owning?
oh, oh. At that moment, how does it feel? What's the quality of the jitta in that moment of clear seeing? Notice that, feel that. As a spaciousness, a simplicity, a clarity. The experience is seen in a radically different way, as a change of heart. That's the, the real insight, that's the vipassana, is that seeing, seeing inwardly, seeing into things. So in the application of a, of a method, I feel this is really important to clarify. The technique is one thing, the result of it is another. And in the, the use of every aspect of the meditation, all the different methods that we might use, bring attention to this. When there's a letting go, when the quality of, of not-self is genuinely seen, what's the quality of the jitta? What's its tone, its texture? Don't just jump onto the next thing that needs to be looked at as being anicca, dukkha, anatta, or the next step of the of the uh, the practice the next object to attend to but when the the heart lets go when it's free of grasping when it clearly sees how could anything permanently genuinely satisfy how could there really be anything there are only flows of process no thing really ever stays around for any time at all, really. Oh. Notice that, oh. Let that be fully conscious, fully appreciated. In that moment, there's the, the realization of the heart free of grasping. There's peacefulness, clarity, a perfect simplicity. Lumpucha was asked to give his definition of Nibbāna. He would say, Nibbāna is the reality of non-grasping. So you might think of Nibbāna as some kind of super heaven off in the distance or some kind of mysterious realm hidden from, hidden from view, far out of reach. But in this very moment, when there's a freedom from grasping in the heart, right here is Nibbāna. It's not remote, it's not far away. It's a natural piece of the citta when it's not agitated by grasping and attachment, clinging. Bhava nirodho nibbānang. The cessation of becoming is Nibbāna. So it's not an ecstatic or sort of far out 
colourful, visionary kind of experience, but a perfect simplicity. There's a quality of completeness, peacefulness, brightness. Notice that, even if it's just for a second or a half a second before them as a grasping at the next thing. But even in those very brief moments, notice what it's like. A heart free of grasping. Let that be fully conscious. Let that be the baseline for experience. Notice that. And then when the mind gets caught up in planning, remembering, reacting to the people around us, worrying about aches and pains in the body, whatever it might be, then notice that 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 entanglement, that grasping, that's a departure from that natural peacefulness that's always accessible if the mind is not shaken up and agitated by its habits of identification, grasping, becoming. When the grasping stops, peace is here, every time. The Dhamma doesn't go away. How can it? It's the very basis of reality. It's the integrative principle of all things. How could it go away? So when the heart awakens to the present moment, let's go of the habits of grasping, the Dhamma is apparent, pure, radiant, peaceful, perfectly simple. <laughs>